Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Be ready, Utah. When it comes to first aid, do you know what to include in a basic kit? Or if you come across someone who is injured or unresponsive, would you know how to help? KSL's partnering all year this year on emergency preparedness with Be Ready Utah to bring you this information. And we're really pleased to have joining us on the line today, Sarah Pace, a disaster program specialist for Red Cross of Utah. Sarah, thanks for jumping on with us today. Hey, Boyd. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Wonderful. Well, let's uh, kind of start with some of the, the basics. What are the things that we ought to have first just in our kind of a general first aid kit, whether that's at home, whether that's in the car or at our place of work? Uh, what are some of the real crucial things that maybe we overlook sometimes when it comes to first aid? Yeah, absolutely. You know, first aid kits really don't have to be anything fancy. Um, it's called basic first aid for a reason, and there are just some few things in it that make a real difference. Some of those things are sterile gauze for bleeding and and pain management for um, injuries, bottled water, um, survival blankets for cold exposure, face shields in in case that um, situation arises where you may have to provide CPR um, or breathing for other people. And then of course, you want to have gloves and shears, trauma shears or scissors, we call them, um, to expose injuries. Wonderful. Now let's get into the the actual process there. Uh, in terms of just some basic first aid understanding, what we should do when we come upon that, how we can get trained and, and how we can actually become part of the solution uh, in a time of a big problem. Yeah, we... We're really big on on prevention and first aid training, and the the reason is that we get to see those the better outcomes when our community members are involved with these things. So, really, early recognition is the most important part of first aid. Recognizing when somebody needs assistance, and my favorite saying is "see something, do something," um, followed by the nine one one activation of 911 response, and then finally actually performing the most basic first aid, and that's, you know, where you're actually providing the care for someone someone else. Yeah, so let's, let's kind of break that down uh, first. Uh, if you come upon someone, 
uh, or you're in that natural disaster or something that has taken place, just kind of walk us through what what are the things that we should just have top of mind uh, as, like you said, see something, say something, see something, do something. Uh, what should we be looking at? What should we be doing? No, the most important thing is, first of all, is your own safety. Um, you have to, your safety is key. It allows you to actually provide the first aid and activate 911. So really looking around to see why, what's causing this crisis or um, disaster, medical emergency, whatever that is. Um, and then finally, looking at the person that you're going to be providing care to, um, anything that really disrupts normal function of your vital organs, your brain, your lungs, your heart, even your skin, something that gets overlooked quite a bit, all of those are threats to your survival and it does require immediate response. So using your eyes and other senses to determine what's really going on here is important. And then talk to us a little bit about uh, becoming certified. I, I think uh, a lot of us think, oh, man, I I hope that doesn't happen to me because I have no idea what to do or I think I would panic. Uh, how do we get that? Yeah. We, we always say opportunity favors the prepared. And in, in no situation is that more important or more true uh, than in a life or death or in this kind of trauma situation. Absolutely. And our, our communities provide a lot of preparedness in um, just your own home's preparedness, but for you to be out in the community and be prepared as well. Um, some of those areas where you can find training um, with the Red Cross specifically, you can text 90999, text Get First, and it is a really interactive app that goes over so many different scenarios that you might find as a community member where you need to provide help and it, it provides that training for you. Um, a few more in-depth trainings um, with more advanced skills can be found um, on redcross.org. And those include anything from CPR to first aid to advanced life support um, and pediatric life support and um, kind of ranges from adults to even brand new infant babies. So broad range of people that we, that we provide training to help take care of. Yeah. And is that part of a, an official certification? If you are certified, uh, what kind of uh, brush up should you be doing on a regular basis? Again, just so we can make those reflex habits in terms of being able to help. Yeah. Our recommendation is every two years. Um, and, and that be, that's because that changes with research, research, right? Um, even just chest compressions has changed over the last 10 years, how many times you should be giving chest compressions. So it's important to recertify your skill every two years to see what, what is, is new and, and out there based off of medical research. So you do get certified in, um, adult, child, and infant CPR, which is cardiopulmonary resuscitation, AED use, and first aid. And those certifications, like I said, are good for two years. And then refreshers after that are recommended. Uh, wonderful. And it's something we all need to do as uh, members of the community. Again, this is part of our 
responsibility to be ready to help uh, in those moments uh, of crisis and disaster are really critical. Uh, Sarah Pace, again, is a disaster program specialist for Red Cross Utah. Uh, Sarah, appreciate your perspective uh, on this really important thing for all of us. I know it's easy to put it off. It's easy to procrastinate. Uh, but just a little bit of training uh, can literally save a life. Absolutely. The most basic things can save a life. We get to see the, those outcomes with patients, and we appreciate the partnership with you to be able to get the word out there and help our communities be more prepared. Wonderful. Sarah Pace, again, thanks so much for joining us today. Program Specialist for Red Cross of Utah. You've been listening to KSL's Emergency Preparedness Series, Be Ready Utah. Have questions about emergency preparedness, not sure where to start? You can find the answers at beready.utah.gov. We'll step aside for one last commercial break. Coming up, some final thoughts about a cacistocracy. Word of the day. What is it? What does it mean? How do we avoid it? Coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.